Along the lines of a blessed, prosperous life, we discovered that prosperity has several definitions, which means to advance, it means to be blessed, to be sound, to be whole, which are just a few. But needless to say, prosperity is the will of God. He said, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen? Now, in Psalm 27, verse 11, the psalmist said, Teach me your way, O Lord. The message translation has some interesting things to say about that particular verse. Uh, in the message version, it says, and I will look it up here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Point me down your highway, God, and direct me along a well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. <laughs> Amen. So, show me your way, teach me your way, and to really to understand the ways of God, we need to understand the Genesis principle. And the first thing that God said concerning man, really, was that I've given you dominion. And I've given you seed to sow. Let us make man in our image, and let them have Dominion. So dominion is the will of God. And any time you see a principle shared in the book of Genesis, it's what theologians call the law of first mention. Which basically means that if you can find what has been mentioned in the book of beginnings as a fabric throughout the word of God, then it is an eternal law that God has established and means for us to walk in. And, uh, you know... I don't want to get into the seed area right now. I was going to, but we're not done with the dominion part. So, do we and can we find dominion in other portions of the Bible? Well, just take your pick. You know, Joshua, the children of Israel were in trouble. And he needed more time to do their ancient enemies in. And so he just commanded the sun to stand still. And guess what? The sun stood still until... The will of God was accomplished. Well, now I'd say that's dominion. Now, over in the New Testament, you see Jesus in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. After he had instructed his disciples to go to the other side, they woke him up and they said, aren't you caring that we perish? Well, he got up and said, peace, be still. And there was a great calm, the Bible says. Well, I, I think that's dominion. I mean, speaking to fevers and declaring to be healed the palsies. And how about Lazarus raising him from the dead? Yeah. Got to be some dominion there. But then people say, well, you know, that was Jesus. Uh, well, okay, what about the book of Acts? Silver and gold have I none. But such I have, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he that was lame took up his bed, and he was found in the temple having a Holy Ghost meeting. <laughs> he was walking and leaping. And what was he doing? He was praising God. Throughout the Word of God. I mean, you see the Apostle Paul. I mean, you see things happening. And I want you to look at Acts chapter 16 for a moment, if you would. And uh, let's look at verses 16 through 18, talking about dominion and authority. What is dominion? What is authority? Well, dominion and authority is really delegated power. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you were to go downtown Oakland on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, they might be directing traffic and having a law enforcement officer out in the middle of the road stopping traffic, letting other traffic go by, correct? Well, he doesn't have the power to stop you and your automobile in the natural, but he's got the authority that's invested to him by the city of Oakland. And so when he puts his hand up, better stop. Well, guess what? When we put our hand up in the realm of the Spirit and tell the devil to stop, he is bound to do so. Amen? Now, notice this in Acts chapter 16. Uh, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Verse 17. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, and they're showing unto us the way of salvation. True statement, right? But she was motivated and operating under a wrong spirit. There's a lot of people today that are operating and motivated by a wrong spirit. Okay? Now notice what Paul did in verse 18. And this did she for many days. Well, why didn't Paul do something before? Because the unction and the anointing to deal with it didn't come upon him until that moment. So he said, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the person. No, our battle's not with flesh and blood. And if the enemy can keep your battle with flesh and blood, he can get you into the flesh and out of the love walk and into sin and not able to do anything. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, power, so on. So he said here to the Spirit, I command thee. See, when you have dominion and authority, you can do some commanding. He said, I command you. Now notice this with me. Paul was on his way to prayer. He wasn't on his way to the bar. You know, he wasn't on his way, basically, to go out and sin. No, he was living right. Okay? You can't exercise authority unless you're right. So he said, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out of her. And the Bible said, he came out that same hour. Wow. He didn't ask the Spirit its name. He didn't put that dear lady through 34, 35 days of counseling. No, he just took care of it. And I think in the realm of the Spirit, there are just some things that need to be taken care of. Stop thinking about it. Stop talking about it. Stop rehearsing it. And reverse the curse and rise up! (laughs) Rise up in His name. So recognize then, the source of our opposition is being Satan and not God. The source of our opposition is evil spirits and not man. Now, have you ever been grieved in your spirit? Well, certainly we all have. You know, you just know something's not right with that person. Or maybe there's just something not right with your husband that day. You know, whatever the case may be. Something not right with the person on the job. Understand this, that evil spirits can stir people up. And get them into areas where they wouldn't act that way. Say things that they shouldn't say. Do things that they shouldn't do. And so Paul got grieved in his spirit. And I believe this, that when you're grieved in your spirit and you just know that you know that there's something operating through that person, through that circumstance, or through that infirmity that's been running through your house cycle after cycle, you just know that something ought to be done. 
And so the Holy Spirit is saying, recognize, number one, your source of opposition as being Satan and not God. And then arise, church, with boldness in the name of Jesus and put a stop on those things that need to be stopped and loose those things that need to be loosed. Now, one of the areas that I believe that the Lord would have me to to talk about real quickly is, you know, the Bible says that where strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. People that are given to strife, you know, basically they're in the flesh. But if they stay in that realm long enough, they can give themselves over to a wrong spirit. To where everything they see and a lot of things that they do are motivated by a wrong spirit. See, the Bible says that we are to be a sweet smell unto Jesus Christ. Amen? And I think, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, that strife has a stench to it. It has a stench to it. It stinks and it smells. And there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. (laughs) Are you listening to me? And so, I think we need to be aware of some of those things and stop putting up with things. And you know, the thing about it is, when you get knowledge in your spirit that it is a wrong spirit, you don't necessarily need to deal directly with the person. See, the flesh wants to take itself into the arena of fighting and deal with it face to face. Well, let me give you a piece of my mind. You don't talk to me like that. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to manipulate you to get over onto his territory where he can make you feel condemned. Then he's got you both in strife. And he sits over in the corner. He, he, ha, ha. Well, he, he, ha, ha, ho, ho on him. We're rising up in the name of Jesus and we're using our authority. We're not putting up with that stink no more. Hallelujah. Are we giving off the sweet aroma of Christ or are we spiritually stinky? I'll be honest, and Brenda can attest to this. There have been times that I have stunk spiritually. You know? And it's not fun. It's not fun to be a bummer. It's not fun to rain on people's parades. The love of God would dictate to you and I that we live according to the standards of God's Word. And the highest standard He's placed upon His people is by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. But now just like rats and flies and all those things that are attracted to garbage dumps, demons are attracted to the garbage in our lives. And that's why every Tuesday night when we come home from work, we take the garbage out. Because on Wednesday morning, they're coming to pick up the garbage. If you leave the garbage in your house long enough, it'll start stinking. And so we can call this morning's message, take the garbage out, please. But here's, here's what it is, a, a rotten attitude, a, a, a bitter spirit. Criticizing everything and everyone. It's putting out an aroma that draws demons. And I think we need to recognize that. And and I want to also say this. You know, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. I'll say to you today that it's okay to be angry just so your anger is placed in the right place at the devil and not man. 
But how often do we allow ourselves to fly off the handle? Come on now, let's be honest. Well, I tell you, what good is that going to do? And then people, you know, they make light of it. Well, that's just the Irish in me. No, that's just the flesh in you with an evil spirit taking control. And, and these, these little foxes spoil the vines. I mean, little fits of anger, little fits of strife. If they go on and on and left unchecked, they can trouble you mucho grande at a later date. I said mucho grande. You know, I thought about it in between the break here. I thought about my addiction. Well, it started out with marijuana. And it was just here and there, a little bit here, a little bit there. At the end of my addiction, it was full-blown heroin addiction and almost completely devil-possessed. I mean, it didn't start out that way. But had I gone and taken care of it earlier and gotten saved earlier, I wouldn't have had to get to the point where I was this close from death. Same things like, you know, pornography and different types of things. You know, I, I, I've seen pornography just absolutely kill people. And oftentimes it starts out, you know, at early ages. And, and a lot of times, you know, people think, well, that, that's innocent. And, you know, well, but you know what? Years later, it can grow into a full-blown addiction where it controls people's lives and literally ruins them. Are you listening to me? Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just telling you the truth that evil spirits can get involved in those things. And it seems like something ought to be done. Something ought to be said. He said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Don't wait for God to bind the devil. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. See, when I leave today, I've got my keys, right? I'm going to turn that key. And I'm going to head to some sort of a restaurant. Not going to talk about it. You know, they talk about getting a lease. It's a turnkey thing. That means turnkey. You turn the key and you're in. Well, there's a key in the realm of the Spirit. It's called turning your faith loose. Jesus said, Whoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You must declare the hallelujah, the end from the beginning. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Loose your faith. Bind up those things that could hurt you. Turn your faith loose. Recognize the source of your opposition as being Satan and not God. And we don't want to spend a long time on this one, but the second R that I have in my spirit is, if you need to repent, just do it. You know, if you've been a person that's been given to anger and it's turned into a full-blown temple uh, uh, temper tantrum every time you get on the freeway, bro, you need some help. You know, and thank God for anger management. But I think sometimes we need to go a step further and get to the source of that. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Now, in Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, let me quote this to you. It says, let's go there. 
Proverbs 28, 13. I, I don't want to misquote it. Proverbs, the 28th chapter, the 13th verse. Here it is. Repent. He that covers his sins won't what? Okay, so the blessed life, the prosperous life, if you're going to live that way, then you can't cover your sin. You can't make excuses like, well, you know, my mama and my papa, my daddy was a rolling stone. You got a new daddy. He's on the rock that won't roll. Ha ha. He that covers his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth, and what? Forsakes them shall have mercy. See, folks are asking forgiveness, but they're not really repenting. Many times we ask for forgiveness because we want our guilty conscience to be salved. Because we feel bad. But then the enemy's just waiting there. And your flesh, by the way, is probably the main culprit. I believe fully that if Christians would live according to Romans 12, 1 and 2, present their body, renew their mind, keep their body under, stay in the Word, pray in the Spirit, come to church, that they wouldn't have these severe flesh problems and doors would be closed. Am I preaching good today? All right now. Confess. But then repent, not just forgiveness. God's merciful. He'll forgive you. But repentance means to turn around, to turn away from. It's not only saying no to the sin, but it's also still saying yes to God. You know, the drug area had this catchy slogan, just say no. Well, look, I've been down that road. And I've been in hospitals where a lot of people are that are battling those things. And I've discovered that just saying no, it, it ain't enough. Because they'll say, just say no, but in that chair can be your higher power. Balogna. Baloney. Ain't no chair is my higher power. Nothing in this natural world, in this natural realm is going to be my higher power. I'm serving the most high God. Hallelujah. His name is El Elyon. He's the Most High God. He's associated with El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. He's got more than enough power to get you out of and off of anything. And I saw them week after week, perched up in their beds. You know, we had these big, big rooms with that five or six beds and sitting up on their pillows. And boy, when I get out, I'm going to have a drink. And they did. And they ended up in jail. And they ended up going down that path of destruction because there was something missing. And you know what his name is? His name is Jesus. But you say, Pastor Mark, yeah, okay, I've got Jesus, but there's still something missing. You know what's missing? It's commitment to his ways and his lifestyle. And it's a life of sanctification and holiness. Now, I don't know whether you like that or not, but I just felt a little something in here. To be sanctified is to live separate. And this word will separate you. This word will separate you. This word will separate you from adultery. This word will separate you from addiction. It will separate you from pornography. This word will separate you from the cares of this life. Hallelujah. So number two, repent. Number three, resist. Number three actually is 
is to release. And we've already talked about that. Where we are releasing with the keys of the kingdom, we are binding it. We are saying, you know what, devil, enough is enough. There's not going to be any more of your monkey business in my life, in my household. As for me and my home, we're going to serve God. My kids aren't going to run roughshod all over the house. They're not going to have their own little internet connections. You know, I think I'm preaching halfway decent anyway. So your keys then are the name, the word, and the blood. Amen. Now, fourthly, everyone say resist. So you've recognized the source of your opposition as being Satan and not God. If you needed to repent, you did. And in recognition of those things that are coming from the other side, from the dark side, from the demonic side, you're releasing your authority. You're taking your dominion. You're standing up and you're saying, no more, devil. That's enough. That's enough. You know, there's been times, and I know that Brenda wouldn't, Mind me sharing this with you know, you live with the same person for 35 years, <sighs> sparks are gonna fly. You know, Terry Amrell's going, Yes, and Amen. And all the ladies said, Amen. Sp- I mean, sparks are going to fly. Now, we're not talking about a full blown knock and knock them out, drink. No. But you see, the devil likes to bring strife into your home. Because his ultimate goal is to ruin your testimony. And he has succeeded time and time and time and time again, even in ministers' lives, tearing up their home through little nickel and dime things that don't make an ounce of difference. It's the truth. And there have been times, you know, Peter, at one point he was saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The next thing you see about Peter, he was saying, no, Jesus, you can't go to the cross. You can't go to the cross. Jesus looked at him and said, Satan, get thee behind me. So the great apostle Peter was anointed by the Holy Spirit, and yet he yielded to a wrong spirit. It is very possible for spirit-filled Christians to yield to a wrong spirit. I didn't say you were demon-possessed. But I know that evil spirits like to spoil marriages. And there's been times where I've gotten lathered up with the wrong spirit. And not Brenda very often. But you know what? We we recognize that. We say, you know, this is stupid. This is dumb. We can't afford this in our house. We go to prayer and we say, we bind you, devil. This is the Thomas team. And what God has joined together, let no devil in hell try to put asunder. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Are you listening to me? But here's what happens. I got to have my own way. I got to have my own right. That's a bunch of garbage. You know, John Osteen, that great pastor of Lakewood Church, Joel's the pastor now. But John Osteen, in his spirit, saw one time a head demon with trainee demons going through his neighborhood. And the head demon would tell these little trainee demons, go over there and, and cause strife in that home so that there can be a divorce, and they'd go. He'd walk by another house, go over there and, and bring cancer and bring disease so that we can just destroy their joy and destroy their lives. And then the head demon walked by John Osteen's house, looked like that. The trainee demon says, I want to go over there. I want to go over there. 
I want to go with there. He needs to about hear it. The head demon slapped him and said, Shut up, I've been there myself and I'd like to kill me. So the question I have is, is your house exempt from training demons? Amen. So there comes a point where we need to resist. Once we've released, the enemy doesn't give up. Amen. He walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now I want you to read a couple of scriptures to me. Look at Luke 10, 19. We're doing good today for time. Luke 10, 19. Now, I feel led to say this. We talked about anger, but you can be angry and not sin. You can be mad at the devil and not sin. When it comes to human beings, if you are in a situation where there must be a confrontation, are you listening to me? Make sure that the word is spoken in love. The Bible says, speak the truth, what? In love. Love Love never fails. Okay. Luke 10, 19. Ready, read. Behold, I give unto you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be any means hurt you. I want you to notice the word all. The word all there means excluding none. All of them. Every one of them. And what I want you to also see in James chapter 4 verse 7, as we look over there, there's two sides of the coin of James 4 7. James 4, the first part says, Submit yourself therefore unto who? Submit yourself therefore unto God. And then you will be in a position to resist the devil. And what will happen? Now, here's what we need to understand. He will not flee from God. He has already fleed from God. Remember Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning. He'd done already been defeated. He's been stripped. He's been brought to naught. Amen. But he says, now, if you resist him, he will flee from you. So you are the understood uh, person in that particular verse. He's coming after you. You've been given authority over him. You resist him and he'll flee from you. So these kind of prayers, oh God, please do something about the devil. Or the devil's trying to do this and the devil's trying to do that, you know. Well, don't do it. It's like one person said, you know, the devil's trying to get me to commit suicide. Well, what did you do? I didn't do it. That's victory. Is that victory or is that victory? So don't waste time praying stupid prayers. Are you listening to me? A lot of prayers just flat dumb. I didn't call you dumb. I'm not your enemy, remember? But a lot of prayers are just a waste of time. They're stupid. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, it's like the lady stood up and testified in church. The devil's been after me all week long. Bless his holy name. Well, she got her praises mixed up. But that just goes to show she was more devil conscious 
then she was God conscious. And what we need to do is become more God inside minded, more kingdom of God minded than we are all that the enemy's doing in the world. Oh, perilous times, perilous times. Well, perilous times over here, but we're in the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. We're the glorious church. I refuse to live on the wrong side of life. I'm going to live on the happy side of life. So begging God to do something about the devil is unscriptural. Begging God and moaning and groaning and complaining about your finances. Oh God, do something. Oh God, do something. Quite frankly, and I don't mean it wrong, it's doubt, it's unbelief, and it's silly. It's not covenant. Covenant says this. You said, Father... That if I ask anything according to your will, you hear me. And if I pray according to your will, I know that you hear me. And I know that I have the petitions. Scriptural praying is not coming in like a worm. But scriptural praying is coming boldly to the throne of grace. Now listen, respectedly, honorably, and reverently, and just simply Reminding the king what he said concerning his word. Your word says, Father, that you've given me the name, the blood, and I take the name and I take the blood and I rise up with my dominion. So everyone say, I resist the devil and he will flee from me. Amen. Now, the word resist means to actively fight against. It means that resistance then, catch this, resistance is active. It's active. It's not something that you just arrive and, oh, man, I'm free, I'm free. Glory to God, I'm free. You are free. But you must stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. So that you would not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See, the enemy wants to put you back where you were. He wants to put you back where you once were. But, oh, we're not going back where we were. We're going on now. You and me, we're going on. We're going up. We're going from glory to glory now. We're going from strength to strength. We don't need to have any more relapses in the house of God. We need to have revival in the house of God to where we're going from glory to glory, faith to faith, and victory to victory. But now in order to do that, in order to live in a state of revival, in a state of freedom, you must be aware of Satan's devices. Don't be ignorant of his plan. The more ignorant we are of his devices, the more foothold he gets in our lives. Okay? So listen very carefully. Be very conscious of your associations. When Brenda goes out and shops at night and I don't like it, I'll say that publicly. I'll say, now you be very aware of your surroundings. Are you listening to me? So in the realm of the spirit, we need to be aware of our surroundings. This world stinks. It's polluted. There's more junk out there than Carter's got pills. There I go back to the 50s again. I'm sorry. Then Apple's has iPods. Did I, did I make it? Did I connect finally? Thank you. 
Amen. But it's all out there, but we're not to fear it. Just stay out of his territory. His territory is not the territory you live in. The only reason we go into his territory is filled with the whole armor of God to set the captives free. But we don't go down to the bar and drink the same beer he drinks. We don't go down to the marijuana club. Oh, shekabasata. We don't go down to the cannabis club for our pain because we know he bore our sickness, carried our pain. (laughs) Well, just a little bit won't hurt. Are you kidding me? Marijuana will tune you into a moron overnight. I asked for extra innings, didn't I? So you got them. All right. We've got to stir ourselves up. Get mad in a godly sense. Don't tolerate it. Enough is enough. Now understand this, that the enemy is a coward. Is he not? And he's a bully. I grew up in Catholic schools. We had playgrounds and there was always a bully on the playground. I mean, always. Wherever, whatever neighborhood you grew up in the United States of America, there's a bully on his way. And what do bullies do? Bullies come to intimidate you. Give me your lunch money. No. Give me your bike. No. Put your hands up. Okay, bully. See, when the devil knows that you're willing to go toe-to-toe, and when bullies know that you're willing to go toe-to-toe, they'll go, okay. Are you listening to me? Don't be afraid of the bullies of life. Don't let sickness bully you. Don't let worry bully you. He walks about as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. Jesus pulled his teeth out. Like a preacher said, now we're going back to the 70s now. Are you ready? Like a preacher said in the 70s, now all he can do is gum you. He's defeated. He's under your feet. Amen. Stand up. Not right now, but stand up. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's praise Him. This will help you tomorrow morning. This will help you tomorrow night. This will help you in your midnight hour. You've got the name. You've got the word. You've got the blood. Greater is He that is in you. Your spiritual chest out. You talking to me? Come on now. Jesus said, In my name, they believers shall exercise authority over the devil. Two more scriptures, Colossians 1:13. Quoting this to you in the King James, it says, Who has delivered you? You're already delivered. You are already delivered. There's no such a thing as a spirit of nicotine. There's no such a thing as a spirit of gluttony. It's like one person came to Brother Hagen one time and said, Oh man, I'm free, I'm free. Somebody cast the spirit of gluttony out of me. And since it's been out, I've gained 50 pounds. Well, I'm sorry. There's more to it than that. It's keeping your body under 
This verse literally should read, The Father has delivered you from the authority of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of His dear Son. Say it with me, I'm already delivered. I'm already free. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk into that season of freedom. We're going to walk into that season of joy. And we're going to enjoy it. Now in closing, turn with me to Ephesians 4. So recognize, repent if you need to, release your authority, and then make sure that you know how to resist the devil. Make sure you know how to do that. Okay? Now in Ephesians 4.27, and this is one of the scriptures that Jesus gave to Brother Hagin in the midst of a vision Dad Hagin was having. The Lord was showing him things about his ministry, and then all of a sudden, the devil got in between Jesus and him and started going yakety, yakety, yak, yak, yak. And Brother Hagin kept looking at Jesus like, well, doesn't he know that he needs to do something about the devil? I can't hear what he's saying. And that went on and on and on and on. And finally, Brother Hagin had enough and said, in the name of Jesus, you get out of here. And that thing scrammed just like that. And Jesus looked at Brother Hagin and said, you know, if you hadn't done that, I could not have. Brother Hagin says, no, I heard you wrong. And that scenario went on several times. No, I said, if you hadn't done that, I could not have. Brother Hagin was astounded. He says, Lord, you're going to have to give me scriptures on that. You're going to have to give me at least three. And the Lord says, I'll go you one better. I'll give you four. And we've looked at them that verify that God gave you authority. You resist the devil. All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Now you go. Amen. And the last one is Ephesians 4.27. I want you to read this with me. Neither give place... Now, this is an interesting revelation. Neither give place to the devil. The word place in the Greek is topos. Everyone say topos. topos. And topos refers to a specified, marked off geographical location. The word topos refers to, uh, if you will, a territory. It refers to a province. It refers to a zone. It refers to a geographical position. Give no top topos to the devil. From this word, we get the word topographical. How many have ever seen a topographical map? Okay. And here's what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy is after every region and zone in your life. After every region and every zone in your life. Your money. Your health. Your marriage, your employment, your home, your business, and your ministry. Now, why is that? Because he's got to find an entry point. He's got to find an entry point. He has to go through a door, but he can only go through a door that's thrown wide open. When I refuse to forgive... When we refuse to let go of old wounds and old hurts, what we're doing is we're leaving a marked off place for him to come in. It's like a flag is said, okay, right over here. And so once he gets an entry point, he wants to put his stake down. Are you seeing this? That it's us that give him place. 
It is us that give Him inroads into our life. And He'll take whatever He can. He'll take your thoughts, your words, your emotions, your actions. So I say as a senior pastor of this church, people of Heart of the Bay, ladies and gentlemen, don't give Him an inch. Don't give Him an inch. Give Him no place. Close the borders. <laughs> Close the borders. Do what you got to do. Say what you got to say. But for heaven's sake, no more room. No more room. And here's what I've been seeing lately. And I, I know it's so true. That the fuller I am with God, the better my life is. And listen, the fuller you are tells the devil, there's no room here. Now, this is the problem. This is the problem. Now, Jesus said, and I'm not saying anyone here has an unclean spirit or anything like that, but he says, when an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he goes about and looks for an entry point. And he comes to the house and he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. That's the story of too many Christians. Their lives are empty. There's no word. There's no fullness of the Spirit. They're not praying in tongues. They're full of the Spirit. But praying in tongues, oh, come on, we'll do that, that every now and then in church. But praying in tongues is a way of life. Dear saints, if you're battling in certain areas, I want to give you three things to do. Number one, cut off the source. Cut it off. Amen. Secondly, fill yourself with the Word. Yes. And thirdly, pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues every day. And all of a sudden, oh, shake up, asata, there'll come a fullness of the Holy Spirit and no weapon that is formed against you will prosper because you are in a preferred position in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and Satan can't get a grip on, he can't touch you because you're saying no tapas, no room for you. My heart belongs to him. You know, I wish I could say that we're not going to ever have any more problems with the devil, but I'd be lying. It's like the lady came to Dad Hagen and said, oh, pray that I'll never have any more problems with the devil. He looked at her straight in the face. He said, you want me to pray that you'll die? Because long as we're alive, there's going to be tests, there's going to be trials. But the good news is, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Is that good enough for you today? Amen.